thank you for joining the Bogart Press through the Bible Adult Study Guide podcast. This quarter, our study is entitled God's Sovereignty at Work and comes from 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel 1 through 4, and 1 Chronicles 1 through 10. During this study, we will recognize the sovereignty of God, which directs the affairs of men and nation in spite of human weakness. You can purchase your copy of this book along with many other study resources on our website, bogardpress.org. So grab your copy of the Summer 2023 Adult Study Guide and your Bible and follow along. The lesson for July 23, 2023 is entitled, The Lord Rejects Saul. It comes from 1 Samuel chapter 13, verses 7 through 14, and chapter 15, verses 3 through 9, and verses 20 through 23. The key verse, And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, And stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry, because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord. He has also rejected thee from being king. 1 Samuel chapter 15 verses 22 and 23. The application. The student will understand that there is no acceptable substitute for obedience to God. Seeking the context. 1 Samuel 13 opens at the end of the second year of King Saul's reign. He had been accepted by the people as king of Israel and gained his first victory on the battlefield, 1 Samuel chapter 11. He had been charged by prophet Samuel to obey the Lord, 1 Samuel chapter 12. When Saul led Israel into battle against the Ammonites, his army of 330,000 strong, 1 Samuel chapter 11 and verse 8, but Israel's army was loosely organized. So King Saul began to establish a standing army. What he put together was 3,000 seemingly specialized soldiers, 2,000 under his leadership, and 1,000 under Jonathan's, 1 Samuel chapter 13 and verse 2. I cannot say if choosing only 3,000 soldiers was wise or not, but when the battle with the Philistines was approaching, Saul called all the men of Israel to battle, verses 3 and 4. As always, the Philistines showed up in great numbers with intimidating strength, and the Israelites began to hide in caves, thickets, rocks, high places, and pits. Some even fled to the other side of the Jordan River. The men that remained with Saul were trembling with fear, verses 6 and 7. As with every leader in Israel, King Saul was challenged with keeping the people in line and in the will of God. It was God's will for them to continue the conquest of the promised land, but they had a long history of abandoning the cause. Anyone who has tried to lead people knows that it is not for the weak at heart. Leadership requires great courage and strength. When people begin to desert, a leader must make efforts to bring them back in line. This is true of kings leading an army into battle and a pastor leading a church into spiritual battle. Our lesson today focuses on how King Saul led the nation of Israel into battle. What would you say is the greatest challenge of leadership? 
Searching the text. Number one, a foolish act. 1 Samuel chapter 13, verses 7 through 14. And some of the Hebrews went over Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. As for Saul, he was yet in Gilgal, and all the people followed him trembling. And he tarried seven days, according to the set time that Samuel had appointed. But Samuel came not to Gilgal, and the people were scattered from him. And Saul said, Bring hither a burnt offering to me, and peace offering. And he offered the burnt offering. And it came to pass that as soon as he had made an end of offering the burnt offering, behold, Samuel came, and Saul went out to meet him, that he might salute him. And Samuel said, What hast thou done? And Saul said, Because I saw that the people were scattered from me, and that thou camest not within the days appointed, and that the Philistines gathered themselves together at Michmash. Therefore said I, The Philistines will come down now upon me to Gilgal, and I have not made supplication unto the Lord. I forced myself, therefore, and offered a burnt offering. And Samuel said to Saul, Thou hast done foolishly. Thou hast not kept the commandment of the Lord thy God, which he commanded thee. For now would the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever. But now thy kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought him a man after his own heart. And the Lord hath commanded him to be captain over his people, because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded thee. The Philistines were many and strong, and the Israelites were few, afraid, and deserting. Saul's army had dwindled to 600 men, 1 Samuel chapter 13 and verse 15. The Philistines were threatening on every side, verses 16 through 18. Israel's armory was subpar to the Philistines' armory, verses 19 through 22. What was King Saul to do? Samuel had commanded King Saul to wait seven days in Gilgal for him to come to make offerings and to tell him what to do. 1 Samuel chapter 10 and verse 8. But Samuel did not show early enough for King Saul, and he became desperate. I understand firsthand feelings, leadership desperation. Having pastored churches for 30 years now, I have watched people desert the work of God. I have experienced shrinking attendance numbers. I have planned revivals, vacation Bible school, and outreach events, all the while fearing low attendance. I have faced church financial struggles and building programs gone bad. What should a leader do when the fear of desperation grips his heart? Trust God. Sadly, instead of trusting the Lord, many leaders facing desperate times disobey the Lord, only making matters worse. King Saul was one such leader. He took matters into his own hands, usurped the place of the priest, and made sacrifices to the Lord. Saul was in no way qualified to be the priest of God and disobeyed the Lord in this foolish act. As soon as he had finished, Samuel arrived. Waiting is likely the hardest thing for any of us to do, but often waiting is the test of our faithfulness to God. Many times we are exhorted in the Bible to wait on the Lord. Psalms 27 verse 14, 37 verse 34, Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 22, 
Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 31, Samuel's delay was not his tardiness, but God's test of Saul's faith. Unfortunately, King Saul failed. Not only did Saul fail his test of faith, but he also failed to confess his sins. Instead of confessing, he made excuses and blamed others. Saul knew that he had done what was wrong, but instead of accepting responsibility for it, he blamed the people for scattering and Samuel for being late. When Saul said he forced himself to offer a burnt offering, he was saying that he had no other choice, but oh, he did. He could have trusted the Lord and waited on him. Saul's foolish act cost him the kingship. God had a plan in place to choose a man after his own heart, 1 Samuel chapter 13 and verse 14. Samuel's reproof made no mention of the desperate moment Saul faced, but only his disobedience. There is no excuse for disobeying the Lord. No matter if we face life-threatening dangers, loss of family, starvation, or any other extreme danger, these do not give us the excuse to disobey the Lord. Why do you think that waiting on the Lord is so difficult? Number two, a disobedient act. 1 Samuel chapter 15, verses 3 through 9. Now go and smite Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have, and spare them not, but slay both man and woman, infant and suckling, ox and sheep, camel and ass. And Saul gathered the people together and numbered them in Telaim, 200,000 footmen and 10,000 men of Judah. And Saul came to the city of Amalek and laid in the valley. And Saul said unto the Kenites, Go, depart, get you down from among the Amalekites, lest I destroy you with them. For ye showed kindness to all the children of Israel when they came up out of Egypt. So the Kenites departed from the, from the Amalekites. And Saul smote the Amalekites from Havilah unto, until thou comest unto Shur that is over against Egypt. And he took Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive, and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. And Saul and the people spared Agag, and the best of the sheep, and of the oxen, and of the fatlings, and the lambs, and all that was good, and would not utterly destroy them. But everything that was vile and refuse, they destroyed utterly. Our scene shifts to another battlefield. Samuel brought the word from the Lord to King Saul to attack the Amalekites and destroy everyone and everything. This was the Lord's judgment on them for their attack on Israel in Genesis 17. It might be hard for us to stomach the killing of women and infants, but it is not outside the righteous character of God to kill an entire group of ungodly people. Remember the flood of Genesis chapter 6 and 7. Yes, God saved Noah and his family, but he killed millions in the flood. Furthermore, reading a description of what the Amalekites did to Israel in Deuteronomy 25 verses 17 through 19 makes them far from innocent. The Kenites also lived in this area, and they had been friendly to Israel. Moses' father-in-law, Jethro, was a Kenite, Judges chapter 1 verse 16, and Jael, 
who killed one of Israel's enemies during the time of the judges was another Kenite. Judges chapter 4 verses 17 through 24. King Saul gave warning to the Kenites before he attacked the Amalekites and they were able to move to safety. God promised Abraham many years before that he would bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Genesis chapter 12 and verse 3. God always keeps his promises. God cursed the Amalekites for their treatment of Israel and he blessed the Kenites for their treatment of Israel. God had his purposes and we must trust him. But King Saul did not. Again, he disobeyed the Lord by not destroying everything as the Lord commanded. King Saul did not spare the women and children. Instead, he spared Agag, the king of the Amalekites, and also saved the best of the livestock and other goods. Maybe King Saul reasoned that these were too good to waste. Later, he offered the excuse that these animals were saved to sacrifice to the Lord. But it all equals disobedience to the Lord. It would cost Saul dearly. Have you ever tried to reason out your disobedience to the Lord? Number three, to obey is better than sacrifice. 1 Samuel chapter 15, verses 20 through 23. And Saul said unto Samuel, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord, and have gone the way which the Lord sent me, and have brought Agag the king of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took the spoil, sheep and oxen, the chief of the things which should have been utterly destroyed, to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God in Gilgal. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected thee from being king. The Lord again sent Samuel to King Saul to confront his disobedience, and again Saul made excuses. At first, Saul claimed that he had obeyed the Lord. Either he somehow misunderstood the clear commands of the Lord, or he was lying, probably the latter. When Samuel asked Saul why he was hearing sheep and oxen, Saul immediately blamed the people. True, the people were to be blamed in this violation, but it did not abrogate Saul's guilt. King Saul was to be Israel's leader, and godly leaders do not stand by as the people disobey. Both Saul and the people had disobeyed the Lord. Trying to make it sound good to Samuel's ears, Saul said that the people intended to use these animals in sacrifice to the Lord. Stating the obvious, you cannot obey the Lord by disobeying him. I once had a man tell me that he always read a passage from the Bible and said a prayer at Lakeside before he started fishing on Sundays. Somehow he thought his 15 minutes of Bible reading and prayer excused his disobeying the Lord by forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25, in church capacity. 
Somehow, King Saul thought that sacrificing these animals to the Lord made up for disobeying his command to kill them in battle. Prophet Samuel set things straight with his famous statement, Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. 1 Samuel 15 verse 22 We cannot worship God in disobedience. There are a lot of things being called worship today that make it difficult to recognize the glory of God. Jesus told us clearly that God must be worshipped in spirit and in truth. John chapter 4 verse 24 We cannot worship God with the flesh, be it the sacrifice of an animal or the money placed in an offering plate. If it is not given with the right heart of worship, we cannot worship God by doing what is wrong. King Saul rejected God's command for him, and God rejected him from being king. Sadly, this marks the beginning of the downward spiral for Saul. He eventually turned to witches and became completely mad with rage. It all began when he made the choice to follow his wants instead of God's will. The same can happen to us. How would you explain Samuel's statement in 1 Samuel 15, 22? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. Setting the Application Surely we all have faced desperate times, and these tough times can cause us to disobey the Lord. Financial stress can tempt us to steal. Exorbitant tax debt can tempt us to lie. The pressure to succeed and move up the ladder in our careers can cause us to treat others as pawns and exaggerate our worth. All of these are disobedience to the Lord's commands. So what should we do in desperate times? We are to trust the Lord and obey Him. This is no guarantee that you will get ahead in this life and your money troubles will go away. What it does guarantee is that you will be rewarded by the Lord for your faithfulness. Can you describe a time when feelings of desperation led you to disobey the Lord? Thank you for joining us in another lesson of the Bogart Press through the Bible Adult Study Guide podcast. We look forward to studying with you again next week as we continue recognizing God's sovereignty at work in the scriptures. Bogart Press is the publishing ministry of the American Baptist Association. We exist to equip churches with the resource they need to carry out the Great Commission. These resources include Bible study materials for preschoolers through adults, including Sunday school, children's chapel, Bible training course, Bible challenge, and vacation Bible school. Please visit our website to find all the ministry resources you will need at bogartpress.org. That's bogartpress.org. Until next week, find daily encouragement from our daily devotion at bogartpress.org.